0: You guys might have noticed that when the major was going on, I was actually getting quite annoyed, wasn't I, with all those... BS upsets that were happening. All these teams that you knew were never any good and literally all they'd need is a good hour and they'd be cooled right off as well, would not it? So it was quite hot, actually. Yeah, their form was good, but it was irritating me. It was getting to me. You know what really stuck in my throat, the way that those teams robbed the mighty heroic, etc. from going to the final. All those great squads ends, spheres that we all wanted to see do more, but they didn't because of all these little rats that came out of FPL like a sewer and then just came up and inf- like, the, like camus the plague just infected our whole beautiful civilization we used to have where majors were the pinnacle of our society like dormant gas i'm putting all the straight fire references in here but you know what speaking of straight fire and tempering things obviously i wish for the majors we just had the freeze pipe technology because you see the freeze pipe this is one here this is the martini bubbler i'll show you just to show you it really is so it's in here this is the martini bubbler they have all sorts on the uh on freespipe.com they have bubblers they have bongs, they have the freezepipe itself, they have dab and oil rigs. I'm not talking about Chevron Evil Genius, it's not that sort of oil rig, you know, uh, one that's actually good. For the world well debatable whether meat smoking weed is good for the world good for me at least so <laughs> all you need to know is if you have a freeze pipe it has that food safe glycerin chamber that you put in the freezer section for a mere hour or if you're using the blunt tip just 20 minutes and then after that all the smoke's cooled isn't it and now it's just an enjoyable experience not like watching z will just win a major playing against some kid and <laughs> the the dog or whatever I don't even know shout out shout out to some kid and his dog anyway oh hey hi, 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 welcome to the show so, by doing. the way if people don't know Tempt it off LFN the freezepipe dot com right, there we go so it's, it's all good it's just a commercial not nothing, nothing awkward about that was it wasn't referring to anyone here it's all good it's all good <laughs> you're one of the good ones actually believe okay, okay thank you. By the way, technically, just say at the outset of the episode, because spoiler, the whole point of the episode is not to break this news. Obviously, Cypher is technically on into the breach. He is just benched at the moment, slash self-benched. And you will have heard rumours out there of where he might end up. Maybe he's going to be on a new team. And all I'll say is just keep your eyes peeled. You'll probably find some out soon. Interesting approach. But we won't be talking about that in this episode for obvious reasons. So, right, Cypher, wherever we do this show... The person who's the guest—it's like Fight Club. You have to start first. So, what is your first point? What is your good point you've
1: picked for us? Okay, um, good point is G two winning Cologne without making roster changes. Okay, bold. I think that is a, a key point where I think, but it's so underrated. Where I think any other management they would just instantly just sure absolutely bought him and just find a new I G L or a new player and just say, okay, let's let's go from this, you know.
0: Okay. You, give me some more though why do you like that though what do you, what do you like well, about that I think, like basically I mean, you're one of these people where because obviously you're saying after the major I'm sure a lot of people would have thought of making a change or in this player break yeah you, you think it was kind of like a, a you like the gamble of keeping this roster together
1: yeah I think I mean as they said in one of the I think uh, when he, after he won Cologne, he had a little video right they said like a they're like a little family now and I think that's always what you need right so I think it's, it's really good, especially when you come from the UK scene where you do bad like two games in a row and you're all of a sudden you're kicked.
0: Yeah. So people don't know it's an in the UK scene. If you ever have one bad lad, you just instantly break. Yeah. The line you're you're you. gone instantly.
1: Basically, yeah. yeah. So it's it, so it's always good to like see that you know it just okay. it shows like there's like longevity in a roster. Yes. Exactly. The joke is,
0: here's the joke, it only works for people from the UK scene. In real Counter-Strike, if you're a professional level, if you really fuck up an epic LAN, you might get kicked. In the UK, if you just fuck up an epic LAN, you might get kicked.
1: If anything. If you're, you're if you gone. understand the
0: reference there, straight fire. Baby,
1: whatever.
0: <laughs> go go there Maui. Give me no, your angle. Because no, that's all no, your eyes get no, raised. No, no. You thought this was hot take point made when he came out the gate with that one. Basically, Cypher's the only <laughs> person I've ever met who's actually coming out with defending Hooksy. We all spend our time just nitpicking him and tearing <laughs> him apart. Him. Yeah, we just admit, we take like rounds he has. Like, is this is a prude but He didn't need do any of <laughs> that. It wasn't even him. It's a fluke. Like,
2: Come on, Maui. What's your take? Yeah, given it's a team like G2, you think that they would have the pick of the litter in terms of what IGLs they could upgrade with? I think it probably was is a little bit more difficult than just pointing at Snappy on Ents and being like, come to our team. But for the most part, you know, they probably could have recruited, say, a Kixan or maybe in some way they could have reached out for a Shuhei. And I think some people were even disappointed in the Shuhei uh, lottery, if you even yes. want to call it that, that he went back to Mao's. I think there was some deal there. Like, I'm not going to say this on like for with certainty, but like, I've heard mixed signals about the whole like Shuhei thing and how he went back to Mao's also like I think like it was even of...
0: publicly implied there might have been a thing in his contract that said they could buy him back yeah, or something I think it? I I that that implied? That well. that's not as Yeah, that's I what that. I'm referring Sounds to. Sounds plausible. Sounds
2: plausible. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm referring to, but I think I think there was something I I heard like another addendum to that Come where on. it was almost like if they if they like paid some ridiculous amount, like another team could kind of snipe him okay. from that deal or something like that. I don't know, but either way, um no, it, like with with uh, with G2 sticking with the team, you look at some of their results and yeah, you would have definitely wanted a little bit more, most particularly at the major. But actually, it was looking kind of grim for a while, because after Katowice at ESL Pro League, they, they actually lost to Ents in like the ninth to twelfth range, which is barely like scraping playoff. The playoffs were so big of that event. I'm pretty sure that was that was the playoffs technically, but then at the major itself they went out 1-3 losing to Fnatic and i think Kassad Kassad had the famous tweet there of uh, I was watching Hooksy but basically he was just mad at the veto more than anything i think yes. because they ended on vertigo uh but beyond that the the results even even at like Dallas i mean losing to a phase team that didn't even make it uh to the to the finals there and then also losing to um uh, to I, I don't think actually the spring final is that bad losing to vitality but like but basically like with this team i think that it's it's very easy to look at what hooksy and and the inconsistencies that g2 have had since he's joined and say that you should you should pick somebody else up but i think with given the landscape it was a little bit difficult for me at least to look at anybody else out there and say this would be a uh, pound for pound like a better fit given the given the fact that we are limited by the fact that like there's major buyouts and like certain people are already locked into rosters so I, I don't I don't even know if it was like I really actually wonder but what I wonder the most about this whole thing is like did G2 even really look did they did they really were like we have we have total faith in you Hooksy or were they just looking at the landscape and saying well we don't really know who we'd even get beyond you so just, we just have to deal with this. Uh,
0: what I would say on this one is this. I think it's a ball tick. because I disagree with it. Like, here's the problem. I'm probably going to do a video on this soon. Like, basically, me and Maui, have, I don't know what order these shows come out in, but on Hot Take Point Man, I also alluded to this. I, I have a rule, right, Cypher, that goes like this. If a, if a team wins big tournaments, I actually don't think you can say the IGL is bad. I think it would just be ridiculous to think they're actually, like, outright bad. Like, yeah. obviously there's flukes every now and then, but, like, let's be real, this team is also one, to and Color, like, two of the biggest tournaments in the world. So here's the problem. In general, my rule is they can't be bad. Like, essentially, even if I don't know what you do, like, hooksy, I have to give you some credit. Like, at a minimum, even if you're doing nothing, maybe in your team doing nothing works, maybe that's what they need. Maybe people need space, or they have the green light to do what they want. So on some level, I have to rationalise that it does work in this team, but my problem is yeah. this. I actually think this might end up being the case where maybe this will be like the exception to the rule that I revised that principle. Because I, essentially, the way I would phrase it is like this. I don't hate it because they did win Karavitsa. Like, I probably wouldn't instantly kick someone after that. The main problem I have is this. I think it depends what POV you're looking for. Like, if you look at the POV of Hooksy and what he's working with and what he's done, he's overperformed so far. He's, he's won massive tournaments. My problem is it's all the Nico angle. The problem is if you only look from Nico, that player has to win the major. That's the one main goal he has in life. So my question is just, does having Huxley get him the major? I don't know about that because not only have they been whack at the majors, but if you notice at the moment, like this is the problem I have with the whole Huxley angle is the tournaments he's won, his team has played absolutely lights out Counter-Strike and that is not yeah. normal. Like if you go and pick any, pick anyone now, take any of the great IGLs now, take like, you know what? We criticize Cadian all the time, mate. Bro, if Cadian had players that fragged out, like the G2 players, it wouldn't even have just won all these tournaments we're talking about. What are we even debating? Like, in this last one, they just won now. Monacy and Nico were having, like, a personal battle to see who won the MVP, and they play on the same team with zero role overlap. So basically, I'll phrase it like this. I don't think any in-game leader in the history of Counter-Strike ever had a better setup of players relative to them not being a great IGL. So I'll sort of say this as my last point. I'll say I'm a bit sceptical. Like, the reason I might have gambled on the upgrade Even though Maui was very generous there and tried to. It's like, well, who would I get? Like, I would just literally go to Snappy and say, tell me how many Z Rolls, mate. Because the difference is, if I get you, I think we can win everything. We can win the Major, we can have an Era, Grand Slam, we can win all. So, my problem is, it depends what POV we're looking for. I think for Nico and G2's POV, you should be shooting for the absolute moon. You should be going for the absolute peak and saying, fuck it. With this roster, I want to win everything. I want to be the greatest team of all time. If he just hooks you, I think he has overperformed. I don't think he has been bad in any context. I'm just just debate the idea that he's actually like a great in game. I just don't buy it unfortunately which sounds like hate rism but
2: <laughs> who gives
0: a fuck got a good career doing it haven't I anything else should we score in the next one It's your point now Maui
2: just well it's just a bit of it's just it's just like until we see it proved in like a video how much he's contributing it's really hard for by the way there's,
0: there's a point I'll make I'll, I'll actually verbalize it explicitly even though look uh, be reasonable because I'm giving you a fucking olive branch a dickhead G2 players do it reasonably don't ever lie but if he ever does do like a god tear call and you win a close game just say in an interview Hooksy made that call if you do that that's it but don't don't make it yeah. fake though. don't like fake it but if you actually do it if he did like a Golden Carrigan call a 29th round call and you win a game like that famous one then then just tell us and then like as you say we'll give, give him credit Give him his real credit. Yeah, but- By the way, in general, jump in whenever you want,
1: Cypher, If you have any follow up points and stuff. I like mean, that. I was, I like you said, I think it depends on the perspective, right? Like for Hooks, he's already done amazing in winning Cologne and Katowice. killing it, yeah. And it is. I mean. It all depends, Like I think, on the Russell, Like you said, I think the way they win is if four of them are in the top 10 of the stats of the whole event. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> they do. It, it's, not, it's not essentially Hooksy's fault because I think he is one of the most selfless players, I think, in the scene right now, right? Seems like, you see yeah. him Like, he'll jump an AK, he'll go with Glock and just jump around the corner for Nico. Yep. But like, yeah, just sacrifice me, you know? Like, so I think it depends, like you said, what perspective he is playing. I think, sure, the individual can be better, right? But I think... It is hard to say when you're also thinking of every aspect of the game. Sure.
2: So it it is very hard. That's a really funny point, the fact that he's so selfless. Because actually, I think back to the 2018 Na'vi lineups, or maybe 17 there. I think it was 18, where it was like Simple was playing with Zeus. And then Simple would have the Deagle. Zeus would have the AK. AK. And (laughs) it's almost just like if you put Hooksy there, that would never happen. Simple would get the AK. Hooksy would run out with a Glock even, and yeah. he would drop the Deagle to another teammate on the roster. And so, yeah, actually, it kind of like it kind of seems to fit. Just, just a. Pl- like, it's also the anti-Jame. <laughs> He's not sacrificing one of his own players. Yeah. To have problem it, is, yeah. though, you
0: said it right, though. Like, if to win the tournament, you have four players in, like, the top ten. Like, bro, who else even ever had that? You know what I mean? Like, I'll give you the obvious comparison. When people have the audacity to ever mention how Hooksy's done in G2 versus my boy, Alexi B. Cocksucker, he didn't have JKS getting, like, a 1.1 rating just fucking as the fourth best player, you idiot. Like, I, I'd, you know what? I'd like to run that experiment back and see how fucking Alexi B does with JKS in that spot like because everyone forgets that change every time mate. like this is another example at this tournament of how like I get why Richard thinks JKS is overrated I mean he even had a screenshot where like the thread of JKS not smiling was like the number one upvoted thing over like G2 winning the event and Nico being the MVP like he is right Reddit is obsessed with JKS but if you actually look like relative to his role he's amazing like he's like the fourth best player he, he's fucking sick like he's amazing anchor, clutch player CT side like he has so I Again, if that's your fourth best player, like I'm not hating on Hooksy, he's done what he has. It's just, can someone else have a go? Can I Can I let someone, like I said, my boy Snappy, mate, he almost won this event without your lineup. Like, can he have a go with his fucking team? Like,
1: I think he might have a chance to do some pretty big things, like winning a major, you know? Yeah. I mean, what I would like to see happen back in the day, you remember when it was like uh, rumored that Tabson was going to G2? Yes. Yeah. See, back then, I think Tabson in G2, I think would be incredible. Obviously, that's Tabson, a pretty fun one, yeah. Yeah, if Tabson took a little bit backwards in terms of being more of like a selfish player, Like a hooky, yes. I think that team would be incredible, you know? Oh, but by the way, that's also a good shout because part of the reason he almost went to Faze back in the days because it's Nico that
0: wants him as far as I know. It was Nico and Yanko who were mm. fans of Tabson. So I think that's it. The other reason that might work is the other factor if you go to G2 is Nico has to be riding with you whatever the fuck that he's yeah saying. Whatever, we'll leave that one. Like, come on then, Maui, what is your good
2: yeah. point? Yeah, my mind is that Sun Pius as a whole, just not a fluke. Basically, given what he did at Cologne last year, where he was on Movistar and just popped off, you know, stole the show in terms of just like the breakout performance of the tournament. I kind of had my reservations with that one because I had watched Movistar before. I right before that event, even I covered the ESL Challenger Valencia that Movistar won. And to me, Sun Pius wasn't even the best player in that tournament for Movistar, like it was, it was Alex actually. So when, when Sun Pius had that huge pop off at Cologne, I watched with bated breath. I was like, nah, I don't really know if he's actually going to continue that. But what has actually happened since then, for me when watching Sun Pius and basically what Sun Pius has done for himself is he has really developed his game. Like as a T side rifler, he is legitimately formidable now. I would probably give a bit of credit to Snappy, but I also ha- did watch back uh, <coughs> the Sun Pius' POV playing against Vitality. And it's like the things he does on, on Vertigo Ramp kind of like pretty much unsupported, just having good game sense, a good feel of when he should push. Like that's that's him. That's him actually delivering a round multiple rounds opening kills against people like zywoo like he clean entry zywoo with an ak You're like but stuff like that would happen so i'm yeah, what's the big deal some... about that everyone in this <laughs> chat
0: does that before you talk if i play him i'll probably end him. It's all...
2: yeah. yeah true i guess i can do it just as fine yeah, just okay. as well but like i've not feel lately <laughs> with with uh with some pious though like his ct side has been basically saying it's it stayed just as good as what he did last year at Cologne when he was playing for Movistar. And it felt like when he did join ENDS, there was a bit of a, like... Like, that team had to find themselves. They had to put it together. I think finding nerds really put them on the map in terms of just synergy. But, like, now, Sun Pius is legitimately one of the better operas in the space now. And uh, that just, like, for me, that's, that's good. That's good.
1: Yeah. I think he probably, uh, like... He had to come into like, like futurition 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 uh, I think fruition. Yeah, Fruition. Yeah, Fuition. yeah, yeah. I think he definitely had to come into that since I think at the start of the team, like you said, he wasn't, he, he didn't have the amazing performances, right? But I think once he has everything set down, and as you can tell, he's, a, I think he's a very aggressive orper, as you like peeking out gap on Ivy, killing three people, re-peeking, you know, like killing the fourth. All this, I think, that be helped, and you can see how much impact he has. Not even just the fragment wires as well. Like I, I'm pretty sure if you look at movie stuff now, no flame to them, but they're not exactly. Uh, I think they're they're doing terribly right now. If I'm not yeah. mistaken, like, and I'm pretty sure that is mostly to do with some players. As soon as he went, their their results just went downhill instantly.
0: Yes, indeed. I would say on this one, it's weird because what's funny is when he had the pop off last year, we were some of the people, Maui, who were trying to point out, like, settle down. Like, he's obviously not like the best opera in the world. And he isn't. Like, the interesting thing for me is this. One, I do think actually his game this year is different from last year. Last year, I thought he was more of like a standard style opera, Like, like I said, he was more like the Spanish device to me back then. It was just like you position correctly and you just kill all the people one by one when they come in the site. It's exactly what I want an to do. If you saw the way he played, like, against Vitality in this tournament, he was playing mega aggressive. Yeah. Like you say, like some of those. The the joke is he actually plays like he thinks he's fucking Zewu or something, simple simple, which he isn't. But like, fair play. If I have an amazing like opera, I do sort of want him to do that and believe he can win all the duels. Because I actually thought his pop off was insane at this cologne. Like it was very very impressive. There's a reason why. Like if Ensign won, he would have been the MVP of the tournament. Then I also think as well. If you look at it, like I wouldn't. I, I don't actually think he's even close to the best player in the world or the best opera. He's not even in the conversation. But he is a big game player though. Like yeah. what's funny is even when. People think of like the major. Well, they never got to the stage, did they? Like, bro, thus far, I tell you what, there's an underrated aspect. Bear in mind, like these two Cologne events, are massive stage. How often does someone in their first big stage of it just dominate like this? Like, it's actually fucking very impressive. And then I'll just say the last thing because it's a bit weird. Is someone looked this up because of the movie star run? Dude, you know, it's mentally he's won like five best of threes against Vitality on both teams. That was something mental. Like, that's ridiculous. And he's ridiculous.
1: Anxiety, really. Yeah, every it's time it's every he's actually outperformed Zewu. Yeah, yeah, like stats
0: are even better, which is like, look, the point we're not saying he's actually better than Zewu. Like, no, but directly head-to-head he has been, which is pretty wild. Like, think yeah. about that. Imagine someone telling you some Sp- – imagine someone at the beginning of last year about we going, oh, yeah, by the way, there's going to be some Spanish Arpa uh, who on land just, like, Fab Zewu every time. <laughs> You'd be like, there's no way. And then I tell you, but he's actually not better than him. Like – it's just one of those weird yeah. kryptonite scenarios, isn't it? So it's, it's definitely a cool angle because the other thing about Ents is, as a team, understandably, they're, they're like those teams where they don't... like They're like a football team in the Premier League, side for who has to have, like, God-tier scouting. They can't really just sign the best yeah. player now. Like, yeah. They could never get, like, a monarchy. They have to find someone where it's like, no one else really thinks they're that good, but maybe in our team he's, like, a little bit better. So same with NERTS, like, these are just mega pickups. Like, what a fucking great job of whoever gm this team did. Yeah, There's it's
1: like just- end point. It's was like people just scout pick from them every time, and they always find these incredible players, you know. Yes. Yeah, but it is Ence a difference.
0: Is... They actually get the good ones in it Other people sign all the other players. Oh yeah, he's great as well at endpoint. And then some of them are just all right, you know. They're whatever, they're in sprout for the next two years or whatever. So. <laughs>
1: True.
2: <laughs> Ends is like the rich man's uh, endpoint, and they're not even like yes. the rich man's team yeah. in the league or anything like that. Um, yes. I, I had the stat ready actually for 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 Sun Pius versus Zaiwu for. For first kills in that Vertigo series or that Vertigo map that they played, he was 4-0 and and he went 7-1 against him just on that map. Just, just oh, by the way, there was
0: also a stat if you remember in that semi final where in that semi final alone, Sun Pius was like 21 and 3 in like opening kills, which is like,
2: <laughs> like again, like you know,
0: I'll, fair play. I did it to Hooksy, so I'll do it to Snappy. It's like, you know what, bro? Snappy called an amazing tournament, but I'll tell you what, you're going to win a lot of yeah. series if your oppa goes 21 and 3 on openers. Like, spoiler fans, he's not telling him go opening kill, like that's not a thing, is it? Like, that's just some pious snapping, and he was fucking snapping in that semi. That was bonkers. Well, let's do mine then. My good point... It's pretty on brand. But I'm actually going to do this. It's not, I'm not doing this as in a layup. I'm actually going to do it because to be fair, Maui, you'll remember, I did make this point against Nico when he won Canovice, which is when Nico won Canovice, I sadly had to do it was an ugly point, if you remember, that like, yeah, on the on paper it's cool for his resume that Nico won. But if you remember, he wasn't vaguely the MVP of that one. That was the one where it was like Hunter was the best. Or maybe you had like, I think at the time it was even JKS was popping off. Like that was the one where actually like Nico was pretty quiet in the final if you remember not only now was Nico won Cologne which he'd never won a massive prestige event at the end of CSGO dude he was clearly the best player doing it as well now look if you want to go with Modesty because you prefer him that's fine he was very good as well but Nico was but I actually think in light of the fact this guy has this rep as like Choker he's, he doesn't play well in finals this is one of the best finals I've seen in a long long fucking time like this was almost like a masterpiece like I would, I would genuinely struggle to find was there even a half he had that was bad in this whole four maps like no. I thought he played fucking Lights out the whole time. It was insane to me. So not only did he win it, but like he won it. Man, like he's the, he was the bus driver, Bowie. He's the reason they won this Cologne.
2: Yeah, I mean Nico was phenomenal in this one. It's it's um, in some ways you just what you, the only thing you could have like asked for more from Nico in this is just play better opponents. Like yeah, exactly. if you if, if he took down all of these like legendary teams en route to that grand finals, I think people would probably speak he, of it a little it bit it, he basically
0: got fucked by astralis right because if instead of astralis it <laughs> yeah. was navi or Faze, this would be way better scalp to take wouldn't it yeah i know what yeah, you mean. exactly yes.
2: exactly i mean at least he was able to to defeat vitality though uh in the yeah. group stage so so i think that was like for a lot of people one of the the big wins but yeah no i mean nico it's it's great to see this happen for him because also i i noticed that he didn't win an mvp medal since like IEM Isn't new york Miles. 2020 which was like online yeah. really? and, and he's like it's not yeah it's, cra- it's crazy because, you, like, he's been performing incredibly well. Like, there are tournaments where he's been, you know, top three, highest rated player. It's just that his team is never uh, winning it, and you know that obviously matters in these MVP discussions.
0: I mean, the joke is, if people remember, he was meant at PGL Stockholm. It's just the problem is Simple, the only one didn't lose a map, but had like a 1.45 rating. It's like, what do you want me to do? Like, what can I do about this? Like, it'd be pretty harsh to go, sorry, Simple. You just don't get
1: the MVP medal in it. Like, all right, bro. Go on, Typhoon. What do you think about this Nico run? I mean, um, he should be, I think he's the best player in the world right now. I think... For your okay. style of play, you
0: must love him mate. He's a fucking sick rifle, isn't he?
1: Yeah, I mean uh, I see fuck the all-p abusers. I, I think he's literally exactly. got, he's out he's out of every single yes. player known to man even with a rifle when he's being a fucking he's, he can still peak a, a one bullet gun and still kill him every single time dude this know?
0: guy was so godlike if you remember when the fucking Krieg was OP he just wouldn't yeah. use it that's like he, that he shit like Maui you know there's that famous thing back in the day where supposedly the Pope didn't want them to use like the crossbow because the problem is he thought it was like an unskilled weapon and you know you should learn like swordsmanship and you should like chivalry <laughs> or whatever the joke is Nico was on that shit he, everyone in the world was like by the way, I won't name names. I could, but I won't. There was some mad, sus, fucking players that were just getting carried by that Krieg on T side, and Nico was like the last samurai, just like no, A.K.O. Like, in a way, it's fucked, but in a in a movie, I love that. Like that would be, that would be my character in a movie. I love that shit.
1: Yeah, I mean, he's he's literally the definition a of a century gun. You know, yes. like he he like it's crazy. No matter what, he is. I, in my opinion, he should be top. Well, like, he should be the best player in the world. He should be number one. HRT. If he, especially if he continues continues like this, that level at these events, a hundred percent.
0: Yes. Snake and banter is brought to you by Esports Bet, the industry's leading crypto odds matrix. If you have never placed a bet on esports bet before, sign up using the referral link in the description box below and you can take advantage of their first time risk-free bet. So as explained in the name, you make a bet and whatever your stake is, at least in terms of what they'll return, up to 100 USDT, they will actually, if you lose the bet, return that to you. What you do is you make a bet on the site, you go to the customer support or the mod mail on the Discord, discord.gg esports bet. say that you did the risk-free first time bet that you lost and they'll give you back your original stick. The classic Pro tip of the meta on this one is it's usually better to bet on an underdog. That way, if you win, you get whatever the underdog odds are. And if you lose, you get the initial stake back, don't you? So either way, you're laughing. Now, if you don't have any crypto or you've never put anything onto esports, but you can also play for free. You can go there, use our referral link and get ESC, which is their new name for DJT, their own token you can play with on the site for free. And there are a bunch of ways that you can get this ESC as a bonus. You can go and join their Discord, discord slash esportsbet, and they'll give you 10,000 ESC. You can follow them on Twitter, at esportsbet for 5,000 ESC. And you can follow esportsbet.io on Instagram, also for 5,000 ESC. You can go and do all of these. And then when you've done it, go onto the Discord and message the mod mail or contact the customer support on the website. Tell them you did these promotions. They're only available for a limited time, so act now, do not delay. And then you can get some free ESC. You can make bets and predictions on the site. And also, you can later convert to USDT. Check out esportsbet.io for more details. All right, come on then. What is your bad point, Cypher? What, what, what don't you like about the scene at the moment?
1: Uh, it's not what I don't like. I think it's what I find unlucky, is how FaZe is playing. Okay. I think it's really like, uh, I think, they're obviously, they, they're legends of the game. Like, I think Rops is, like I said, the best, one of those anchors, the best player, like you can ask for, right? Twist the one of the best aimers in, in America or in the world. Yeah, they're one of the best entry fraggers. And I think uh, what's happened to them is just like... Uh, it's, it's not it's not sad to see because they'll bounce back, but it's like... You expect... Every time they go into a tournament, I expect them to go into the finals or win it, you know? And then all of a sudden they uh, they just flop for some reason. And it's, it's sad to see because they are just legends. So that's what I wanted to bring up. What do you think, Come on, Maui.
2: Mm, I I have a hard time explaining why FaZe is not performing as well. Like because sometimes, in a weird way, they just <coughs> get they just got blown out a couple times. Like against Navi, uh, they just got absolutely thrashed on on Mirage. I I think like. I feel like I don't know if it's the calling or what exactly because at the the thing is that at the blast groups going into clone I was pretty high on phase. I thought they looked really good there. I felt like they were playing to get like really nicely together. Like they were trading pretty well. And then when I see them at this event, they kind of like just just on any given day they seemed like they can lose their teamwork fundamentals like by the end of the event they actually were the third worst trading team and they were by barely a percent like not not even a percent were they like near the bottom of it and that's kind of one of those things where it's like good phase has like 21% trading bad phase like this tournament had 16% trading uh, per death and so i i i just feel like sometimes i, I don't i don't it's hard to say where it comes from but it does seem like some days I think I think Kerrigan has actually talked about it in an interview like sometimes when they're just comms aren't good they just can fall apart so drastically and I think he was even trying to explain that like that's kind of what happens when you have an international lineup that you're on some days you're just not gonna every not everybody's gonna feel like they're gelling and you but the thing is that you would think with a team like faZe that that wouldn't be the case because they can always just like get back to that groove that that form that they find and that can can carry them and like will make them a great team but it just it just is like so infrequent and it's super disappointing like the biggest the reason that i i like that you picked this and why i think it's really bad is this is probably the last csgo big land. like that's it so this was another chance and the reason i was high on them is that i always felt like when FaZe saw that there was a big moment they had a knack for uh really like stepping it up and yeah. bringing that a game that i'm talking about fair enough I mean, yeah. I will
0: say it obviously sucks because they kept the roster together. Like, I, on that angle, you didn't say explicitly there, but that's the other reason why it sucks, most. There Because, like, like G2, if you keep your roster together and you gambled that you didn't make the change, you should be the stronger one at the beginning, like, when everyone else is getting their shit together. Like, that's the problem. I don't mind losing the G2. As we saw here, everyone lost a G2. It's the Na'Vi loss that's criminal. That's like, bro, and, you, and like you say on one map, you got completely blown out, like... If anything, it should be the other way around. Na'Vi should be the ones that, well, we've got a brand new roster. Of course, we can't be that good immediately. Like, FaZe Clan, it's like, mate, this is your chance. You win that game, you basically... like and the thing, I know Astralis also got a lot of wins. I don't think Astralis would have beaten FaZe Clan personally. Like, I think he actually took that bizarre, fucked up set of results that meant that it was Na'Vi that played them who were inexperienced themselves. So I do think it sucks because if you just took FaZe Clan... Again, at the risk of sound here. and they just take Astralis' spot in the bracket, I think it would be such an exciting fucking playoffs. It would have been even more crazy. And also, like we said about the G two thing, it just it just is cooler if you G two if you beat Faze Clan than if you beat Astralis. Sorry. It just is. You know. At least in twenty twenty three. Obviously you've had a mm-hmm. time machine. Go beat them like four years ago when they were good. Right.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I'll take I'll take Go I'll on. take my bad point now. So I'm going to preface my bad point with a few good things. So I'm not just like a huge hater on this one, but it's just that like, Good Good thing. I think Astralis are calling really well. Another good thing. I think Buzz <laughs> is actually kind of lighting it up right now. He's it's showing a bad value sign on where to team. make a bad yeah.
0: point, he's listed all these good things for us. Yeah. Now. Get ready for the setup. Come on. Kick go. So let yeah. me see. You. We've got like
2: Buzz. Oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> obviously. Obviously, Blame F and Device are delivering on in okay. their own respects. And I saw yeah, some pop here and there from Stair. Yeah. The bad is that I think Borup is just like really weighing this team down. I think Borup is pretty bad, actually. I think like I've I, I, I tweeted out to an image without actually giving it further context because i knew i was going to dive into this on a podcast because borup's numbers at at this uh at this event so 0.88 rating but the thing is i actually went into his demos too to see like how is he performing this badly some like borup has this like really strong knack for if he finds one kill in a round, he will actually almost always just like wide swing immediately. It's like, like I used to do this when I was playing like competitively like in ESEA main where it's like, oh, I get the one kill, I want to get more kills. And I feel like Borup does this too. And it's like, how have you not gotten rid of this bad habit where usually it's all about self-preservation for the next one? But Borup, like, I looked it up because because when I was watching the demos, I was like, okay, he's just, he's just throwing his life away after he gets one kill. 12% of rounds he multi-frags, which means he is getting less than two multi-frags per half in a game. Like that is astoundingly low. Like when and even like compare it to someone like Buzz who isn't gonna pop off the page, he gets two and a half multi-kills per half, like at least like a, a two-kill round, three kill round, etc. And Buzz is I am just counting multi-kill rounds. I'm not even counting like a three ks value more, a four K or a five K or anything like that. It's just <clears throat> simply having any round where you get two or more kills four up gets less than two per half. Like that's, that's what we're talking about here. And like, the thing is also people were trying to like come into my mentions about like, Oh, like, you know, it's like, this is what happens when you have to run out first. It's like, Of all the thirty-eight people, I look. I looked at this number too. Like, of all of the thirty-eight people on T-side at Cologne that had an above, like twenty percent or above opening kill attempt rate, he had the sixth worst success rate. Like, he was like, like he is. He is not fine. Even though he's, he is being sent on some mission sometimes to just try to find an opener. Like, he is he is like damn bad at getting openers. Like he is not winning his duels. Like sometimes I've actually watched where he like gets blinded by a flash and he literally just sprays his gun when he could have easily strafed around the corner. Like I was like, Okay, this guy is either like shitting himself because he's so nervous to be playing on Astralis or he is just simply not cut out to be playing at tier 1. So, that's my that's my bad. I think Borup is just like if if this Astralis team has hopes to actually be a contender, I I don't I think Borup either so on the on the on one side, maybe he was just nervous as shit. Maybe he was so so nervous to be playing for them at a big event like Cologne, but if if that's not it and this is actually really just how he plays, I just think that they're going to need to replace him.
1: Okay. What do you think I mean,
0: of Come
1: on. I think... I think he's a, like a kind of momentum-based player. I think he needs to get comfy in this new Astralis. And I, I think... Because his aim is insane, by the way. If you actually watch his mechanics, he's so good me- mechanically. Like, he could just whip these kills out of his ass, No problem, you know? I, I, I can't really say for sure what's the problem with him, but I mean, <coughs> when you have Blame, Device, Stare, and Buzz all on your same team, you know, it's kind of hard to get stats in the roles he's in as well I mean I kind of get the overpeaking part what you're saying yeah, it's a bad habit but I think he's he is quite fundamental to how he plays he, if you watch him as well he brings up the vibe of the team as well you know he makes jokes with blames and, and like all of this stuff I think I think he just needs to get comfortable then he will perform a lot better because like I said he, mechanically he is really really good like insanely good mechanically his aim is insane but yeah I just think he has to get comfortable more. I think give him some more time.
0: Right. My problem with the Borrowed pawn is this. Is... The saddest thing if you borrow is you wouldn't even be the one getting singled out like obviously most people are like why is the Buzz guy still there a lot of people thought but obviously he had a couple of pop off games I will say even that's a bit overrated if you ever go and look even with the pop offs the Buzz guy's stats still just normalised over the whole tournament guys he never had something yeah. insane he just had a couple of really good series but if you watch those series he was part of the reason they were able to beat some of the other names so the problem is like you say Maui essentially almost everything else at least for Cologne every other marker was pointing up like even Blame F's calling looked weird. Better than you'd expect on Tisa. But the problem is the one thing, almost inarguably, except in the one series against Nip, Borop was just a massive liability the whole tournament. Like, not just stats wise, like on the screen, like you're saying. He's not making like mega impact players. You can be a player who obviously has bad stats, but like crazy impact. I think old school Jacks is a classic example of that, where he's still winning rounds, he's still doing things. But that's to tie into what Cypher said. The real problem I think Borop has is. Essentially, if people don't know, the identity of his career got fucked years ago. Like, a lot of people aren't going to know this. The team that later became Mad Lions, the one that was like those... That that era, Borup was supposed to be the actual talent in that team, not the bobskis of the world and these guys... Acorn. These guys later on had their spike. Back then, everyone used to tell me, do Borup's the one from this team? Because as Cypher says, he had like the headshot aim and everyone was like, no, he's really talented. And so I heard... It's actually why I wonder if the reason he also joined this team, even though he just left, is because of Hondon. Because he was Hondon's boy and he was around with him all those yeah. years and that was even in their heroic lineup together. So I got the vibe personally. That's maybe why they brought him in. Like that was essentially is the analogy, Maui. In the same way as I assume that it's Daps who scouted Rain Waker, I assume it was Hondon's angle of like, right, well, if we just need someone to fill these roles, my guy here can do it basically. But my problem is I get the vibe basically. This isn't even who Bar- supposed to be. He was supposed to be like an aimer, supposed to be some sort of star player, but he hasn't done that. So he's tried to have a career by flipping into all the roles. But this is why when someone can actually transition to other roles like the classic ones like Valde and NBK and Zipnick's that's why to me they're godlike because like they're not even supposed to play that role but then they become amazing at it I just don't think Bob's made the leap so far it just seems very fucking lackluster to me and the bigger issue as well that really sucks if you're him is there could have been a world where in general Astralis isn't that relevant now and they're like the 17th best team if they're getting into the semis of fucking cologne and then you shit the bed, it's gonna look even worse, isn't it, bro? Like we can all nitpick who comes who was the worst in a game where you came 12th place. But if you go out on the massive stage, we're all just watching the whole world's watching you do nothing and just get just feed the game. So sadly, that one's the most slam-dunk one. I don't know yet. Maybe the boss guy turns out to be all right, maybe the financial angle weighs up I just don't know what the upside to the Burt move is, personally. I don't, I don't get it myself. It's one of those ones where it's like, that was the weirdest move of them all. Even the Blame F. calling what I could almost see, and act Like I can't I can't see why they did this move at all. It's just fucking nonsense. Right, here we go. This is an interesting question, because in theory, our guest might be biased. He might just fucking defend him, because he plays FPL or some bollocks like that. But I actually do think, this is my bad point, It's I just phrased it this way. It's the culture of denial around Zewoo's problems in big pressure games. And the reason I bring this up is... People think I just did that to hit on Zebu Cypher. You were actually outplaying him in that fucking quarters at the Major, mate. Like, you were just straight up fragging him every time you met him, basically, whether he had the ARP, whether he had the rifle, whether he was back, whether he pushed up. Like, the problem is, that's not just a one-off. I've seen it too many times now. And the real problem here is, because I'm the historian, I don't, like everyone else, have to go off recency bias or some shit last year. Like, you know what people tell me? all the Maniac has them all on fucking speed dial, mate. It's like, well, he had, like, the year and a half taken off because of online shit. Everyone did. Everyone did. was simple winning secret majors that were being held. They all did. But the angle that he really means by that, Maui, is this. What he means is, if you look at Zewa's career, he joined the scene in 2019, but you're right, there's like a year and a half you have to take off. And so realistically, he's had about, let's say, like just about three years of real land play now. Right, here's what they don't do when they say that Angledo Maui. They don't then say, and in contrast, all the other great pla- No, 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 that's where they fucked up. Because as I pointed out, I think this was the 13th prestige land that Zebu's played at. Thirteen. Right? Think about when CSGO began. All your legendary players played. way less than that before they won their majors. What are we talking about? Get right. He was best from the beginning of the game. Shox was best the first year of the game. Olof Meister took, what, like a year and a half to kick in? Then he was the bit like, you know, these guys... People make it sound, Maui, like every other great player had like 50 prestige lands and then was really good. Like, And by the way, I'm not hating on Zewoo. It's not that he's bad. He's definitely not bad. But the problem is, every time you get in a big playoff match like this, if he underperforms or takes a while to wake up... I mean, I, I, I've i said this before. Into the breach almost won that match. That was, like, right there, at least early on in both maps. Like, that was totally right there. And so, the problem I have is, if people want to make this guy the GOAT or the best player in the world right now, that's his current status, you get more scrutiny if you do that. Like, there's a reason why in sports we obsess about the superstar players. And my problem is, like... It's like, I think people have gotten to the point where they're not just defending him, they're just in denial. Like, essentially, their point, as far as I can tell, for real, Maui, is like, it just shouldn't matter that he has these underwhelming last maps. we should just ignore that and just say he's the best now and ever. Like, that's the part that's too far for me. I don't hate on the guy. He is a mega player.
2: Uh, to To me, this is kind of like a more meta discussion about fan bases and what attracts people to certain players. Because I think that the people that are attracted to to Simple, for example, are people that they do like to be a little bit egotistical. They like to be brash. They like to flaunt because they know their own worth in a work setting, or like they know that their own skill suit is just well adapted to whatever it is that they're doing and that they feel like they put in the work and that they deserve the plaudits that should come their way. And they also recognize that there should be scrutiny if you do fail on your end too. Whereas Zaiwu, to me epitomizes the person that just is like, just I, I hope no. I'm a soldier. I'm just gonna do my job really well. Like this is kind of how Zaiwu has carried himself. It's actually how Apex characterized him too, saying it was actually to a fault that he would just kind of follow the instructions and just do it the best way possible, which is why. Simple and zaiwu are so diametrically opposed in terms of fan bases where simple people simple people are like they're ruthless. they're rabid. They're just gonna like jump on everything. And like the the zaiwu types, it's very fitting that it's like the person that really like pushes Zaiwu the most is maniac because, you know, he's very, like hands off. He's very, like just gonna be a little bit more meek about whatever whatever take he has. And like that to me is like, why they go one to one together whereas and i think that that is also kind of why like the people that defend him are like why are you being so hard on him he's just following his his duty it's like well the thing is that he's done his job to such an ex- 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 excellent extent that it's like we don't grade him by the standard of someone that's just following their igl's rules anymore yes. we have to grade him on this like all-time great player scale or else if we're not going to if we're not going to like Throw that kind of criticism at him, then then don't then don't bring him into the goat discussion. Then don't no, even no. don't even yes. talk about him like that. Because if you can't handle that, yes, he has his failures too. Then why are we even comparing him to the all time best players? For sure.
0: Any thoughts, Cipher?
1: Uh, I mean, for, for me, he's still kind of relatively young as well. He's twenty two. Okay. And I think he's still. I don't know. It's hard to say. He. I think he's on his way to be, be becoming a goat still. I think him and Monacy are the two people that will next make it become a legend or a GOAT, okay. you know? Yeah. In these sentences, I think... They're both tracking on the on the yeah. yeah, on the yeah, yeah. I, I yeah. get what you're saying about the big games. I think most of the time he does perform, but they're, they're obviously off games. But I, I don't know. I think it's somewhat normal, including someone who's 20 years of age with the pressure of like a whole nation or his whole team on him, you know, essentially. I think he will have like some bad games, but I, like I said, I, th- I still think he, him and Monesty are on the way to becoming the greatest of all time, 100%. I just, I have no idea what's going on in these big games. But was it shocking I, to you when you were playing that
0: quarters and like he wasn't telling you guys up play? Actually, he was sort of in the match against the most of it, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, when we were playing him, I definitely had a time for he would just own me. Every time i PK around I'd just die. Sure. <laughs> I thought before the game, that's what was going to happen, you know? But, I mean, when you're in the game, it's kind of different. And, you know, you see these, like, weaknesses and stuff like this. But, again, when we played him, again, he had these massive rounds. I think he, they won, a, he won a force by for him. He just pops off for them for, like, four, four bundys all of a sudden. I think he's that sort of player that can just whip these, ass, like, these rounds just out of nowhere. He is still one of the great, like, I think he's still one of the best players CS has ever seen. And I, I, it just needs to work in these big games, like you said, you know, like, yeah. to win. Sure. By
0: the way, I'll even spin it into another point, which is like a, a bigger one, which is, you know, on a lot of my shows, Maui, one of the main things I always say is a classic line, is I say like Michael Jordan just ruined like sports narratives basically because of that whole thing. Like He never lost, he always won. It was never even game seven, and he always hit the last shot. And they made people think all great players are like that. I made this point a while ago. It's actually when I made the video about zero if people don't know. Mate, the majority of the all-time greatest players in Counter-Strike play worse in big pressure matches. Like, it's actually why I knew Simple would be the GOAT before he was the GOAT. Because even his like bad majors were like, Does he ever play a bad? Like, what the fuck? Like, it doesn't matter what team he's on. Essentially, if you don't know, after after Simple, who's clearly the best major player ever, after Simple, dude, he gets mad sketchy. Like, go and look up people like Shocks. You'll be shocked. You will actually be shocked at what his like, stats at the majors are. If I tell you, go and look up, like, think of any of the Goats, Get Right, Cold Zero. Some of these, like, they have some majors they got, like, they have much just mad, bang average. Some of the worst turns from their careers sometimes then. And similarly, it's why on the Nico one, I always thought people went way, way too far. Because he didn't win the Boston one, he has that rep of like, well, he just plays bad in finals. It's like most great players play worse because the pressure's more. And the problem is in a movie... The pressure's more and then you win, because that's a great story, isn't it? But the reason why that works in a movie is because it's not reality. Like actually, it's so rare that people really do fucking dunk on every big final. Like, so in a way, I agree. If we're just judging players in general, people are way too harsh on Zimu and Nico. My problem is just like I said, if you want to put him as the GOAT, then you're not even shadow boxing. You're literally putting him against the guy we all saw play. And by the way, that guy is fucking bonkers in big pressure matches. Yeah, he didn't win them all, but I tell you what, he's pretty fucking sick. There's a reason why. I mean, Zee was done this a few times, but there's a reason why Simple is the guy who's just routinely won finals while losing them. It's routinely won. Like, yeah. As in, even when the... I even put, made this point on Twitter that people just miss this. I know it's just anecdotal. Like, this isn't actually a reason why it's just an argument from authority, essentially. But it is mental that even the Astralis players just go... Yeah, Device, can you shut the fuck up? Because we're actually playing Simple, who's the GOAT now. If I was Device, I'd be like, we're fucking winning a tournament. Can't you, like, fucking big me up? Like, say I'm the best. I'm I'm, I'm getting the MVP and the trophy. Like, I'm the best. He is the best, though, We're the best team, but he's the best player. Like, what is this? But in a fucked up way, that is, like, mad Yeah, That's how you know Simple's the GOAT, mate.
1: He just is. No one can deny it, essentially. (laughs) I mean, Simple in his prime, there's no one one like him, right? Like, like, Simple in his prime, when he was averaging, like, 1.3... Rating every event, every game is just, I think, undeniably the best player in CS history. My you know boy. the funny thing as well, Maui? I even sort of agree with your point. I'll expand it.
0: In a fucked up way, I actually think Z- Zewoo being too chill and cool a guy is actually what's fucking him up. I made a whole video how I actually think he has another gear to go to. The joke is, as much this is why I always say coaching is so much harder than fans think. Because normally you coach most of your players with all that cult shit of like, we win as a team, we lose as a team. Don't be egotistical. Play for the team. But then when you have some motherfucker like Simple as people have now learned, it's actually a positive that he actually really thinks he's going to win every round, by the way. Like, most players, they don't have that mindset. Like, to me, was almost too human in that sense. He just actually plays, like, sometimes he has a bad game, but, oh, well, I'm having a bad game. It's like, you actually sort of want your star player to be a little bit of an egotistical dickhead because that is how you win the game, you know?
2: Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, I think, like, <laughs> ego and personality, like, we've talked about this before on, like, other shows. Is just like, like, I care about cultural impact also, which is something that for some pundits, they don't care about it, but I, but I actually do. And I think of like other major MVPs in the past and like their impact. And I think of like, like think of like Pasha Biceps. Think of the fact that everybody. Dude, when I talk to people about CS:GO, who who are a, like not even esports people, they know who Simple is. Like that's how big oh, gosh, he's gotten. Yeah. They'll people will sometimes still even remember like Coldzera's name and things like that. Zewu actually like hasn't really crossed that threshold for me, or even right. like for people that are like not fans of CS:GO, where they don't really seem to know him but like kenny yes obviously people know who he is people know get right like there's some kind of like legendary status to me that he has yet to claim even though what he's doing in the server should merit it but it's just like he doesn't have the big enough personality to actually like garner that sort of uh attention beyond the space
0: as you said though Cipher, maybe maybe it happens to cs2 maybe maybe next year yeah. and going on that exactly. keeps track it could happen
2: right okay what is your ugly
0: point cypher
1: Jesus, you know, I was trying to think of this, and I couldn't really think of an ugly point besides, obviously, the phase one I mentioned. I couldn't really say anything that was bad about the scene that that is ugly, you know? I think, I, I mean... What about this then? I'll tell you what, I've got one I can suggest for you
0: because this is something we were talking yeah. back and forth from, have, like what, what could be an ugly yeah. one. So here's one. I actually thought this was a good one you suggested, but you didn't plump for it. So we'll just use this if you want. You said, like there was a rumor people were seeing came out during Cologne that like JL and Im- Imma collectively cost yeah. $1.35 million. Yeah. Now- I think that's actually a perfect ugly, by the way, because I would settle place, but I'll get your take. The reason that's not bad or good is because, look, they're good players. Like, if you're Navi, you've got to get someone. Uh, the reason I think that should be ugly, though, is because collectively, how the fuck could those two players collectively cost that much more? Like, essentially, even if they were, let's just say, like, we don't know which one was more. I'm going to guess Ima was more, but let's guess, right? Let's say they were just equally at the same price. So, essentially, 650k plus for each player. Monacy was six hundred thousand dollars. Like device was seven hundred thousand dollars. Oh. That is bonkers money to be paying for these players. Like, and these are players where present company included. They didn't only have one pop off tournament. So, like, they've been fucking carrying for three years. Like everyone knows of the shit. Like no one even knows if these guys actually going to be amazing. Like that. That I, I think Oakley's a perfect one. Well, it might end up being a good move. But holy shit, I think you got wrecked on those deals, mate. One point three five million, really. Holy shit, was there really a bidding war for these players? Wow.
2: Yeah. Go, Go on, on give us
0: your take, Cypher. Go on.
1: Oh, I was just going to say, I think the buyouts in esports is, are ridiculous. It's wild, isn't it, is. it? I think, I mean, I'm not going to put names, but there's a, a tier, like, two, three player. And he's, he's not, like, no one will really know him, right? But he is putting out really good stats. And okay. his buyout is 300k. He's tier three. You know, it's just like, how, how is this, uh, how is this yes. a thing? How is this possible? You know, I, I don't get me wrong, he is really good. But you know, when you're not getting paid a crazy amount of salary and you are essentially carrying your team in that sense, how would you buy out k How are you stuck in this contract? You know, like it is it it's just buyouts in the scene is ridiculous nowadays. I mean, you can kinda of understand an org's point of view, but it's it's going to the point where it's just like, okay, six hundred K, three hundred K, you know, it's going to be where come on, like
2: Yes. Yeah, the the thing that I saw was like cybersport.ru. dot Like I don't know how. Yeah. How, like yeah. It, yeah. And it, it was like nine hundred k for Emma and then four fifty k for uh, for JL. And if that's uh,
0: accurate, by the way, whoever the fuck negotiated the deal to get nine hundred k for Emma, you are like esports executive of the year. You win automatically. <laughs> we don't even need to see the other candidates. That's fucking mental man. What the
2: fuck. <laughs> yeah wait who'd they get they got after the gamer Legion got Neilan and, and vault. uh and vault yeah yeah They're that's the <laughs> K left over <laughs> the problem <laughs> give me a break I'm <laughs> so this guy's killing it yeah that's so crazy killing it. Fair play. Um, yeah i i mean like I, the the bios there that, that just sounds that just sounds stupid i mean jl did say publicly like you know like uh for someone with Three months or whatever, three weeks on his contract left. Like, there's no way they wouldn't even pay that for simple. Yeah, that just doesn't like uh, makes
0: sense. If you, if that's true, they only had three weeks. Surely not.
2: Yeah, surely, surely, surely not. I mean, I. But the thing is that, like, I don't trust players at all anymore when they say okay. say anything about contracts. Okay. So, like, I can't I can't really take him at face value there. So, I mean, I I would I would hope that he's like being truthful about how much time's left on the contract. But like, I don't know if he's necessarily. Uh, stopping me from believing that it was an exorbitant buyout. Like, okay. maybe maybe not the numbers that this website... By the way, supported. it doesn't have to be
0: 1.35 million. If they were even 300k each, I think that's pretty much on the upper limit of what it should be for these players, you know? Because they're both gambles, like I say. Like, no one... Like, even him, no one really knows he's going to do what he did at the major again. Who the fuck knows? Like, it might just be a one-off. You know? Yeah,
2: yeah exactly. exactly. No hate. I had, I had two ugly points. Uh, on, we man. kind of, like... I, I sent you one of them, but I, I kind of actually wanted to talk about this other, the other thing with the. Um... So we're not gonna I'll do, do my, the I'll one do... you sent me
0: because here's the thing: the one you sent me is fucking delicious compared to okay, your own taste. Okay, 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 I'll do my, I'll do my Hold first on.
2: one. I'll do my first one, and depending on how much time we have left, we maybe we can go back to the other ugly point that I had, and maybe maybe you might have covered it actually with your ugly. So my my original ugly point is just simply that nine are nine are onliners like i love watching nine i think that nine are really good especially in these online tournaments like their vertigo is so sick they have so many ideas they have so many plays even on nuke i think that they're really sick too i actually thought their overpass was decent when i was watching them to prepare for what was it the blastfall showdown like i watched them on a few maps and i was like dude they're doing a lot of work they're like they're like going for a lot of good rotations the players are fairly skillful I don't see like too many too many worries like i was watching games that they were winning because i was looking back to see like what are they good at but i also was like not as concerned as i've been when i've watched them at the last few tournaments that i've seen where it's like these players just some of them just drop off a cliff when i watch them land versus online like i'm not going to even single out minio because he he was he was the worst rated player at the event. But like some of the other guys that are on at Cologne, I mean, but like some of the other guys, the drop off from land to online is pretty significant. Like Hades is the one guy I feel like I can trust on this team, but I think it's um, like, I think Kylar falls off pretty hard. I think Key falls off pretty hard from, from online to land. And like, I, I think Key is the biggest drop off. Cause he has on online in the last six months, 1.13. And then on land, 0.97 and when you watch them play it's just not the same team that you get online online they are way more active they're they seem way more confident with the duels that they're taking because they're being way more proactive when I watch them online it feels like I'm watching like a mini heroic where it's like oh my god they keep having ideas but because I think on land, it, I think it's one of two possible things one they're just nervous two and this is a huge assumption and it's total conjecture is that there's a chance that like with nine, NaRot is just is IGLing them online. Cause this was kind of my complaint right. with Nafany with Groove, where it was like when I watched the comms videos back, it was like, okay, Groove is calling a lot online, uh, in these comms videos. And so I don't know if NaRot's doing that. I don't know if he's giving them way too much input when they're when they're online because I will say that they are incredibly well-drilled when it comes to online CS. Like, they they seem very on top of reactions and macro understanding at all points in time. But when I watch them on LAN, they sit a lot more. They don't really always make the same plays. Sometimes they're just in a passive setup, and that actually ends ends up uh, exposing the inability of some of their players when it comes to just mechanics. And that, that goes for practically everybody except for... I'd say goofy, Goofy and Hades. Uh Goofy and Hades to me seem like they're pretty solid. Like Hades, we know is good on land. Goofy has been a pleasant surprise for me, but the other three just just not the same team.
1: Yeah, I mean for me it kinda it can be a factor of things, right? It could be inexperienced, nerves, it could be they're thinking too much on trying to anti strat teams and stuff like this, you know? But I think online, in my opinion, their, their game revolves a lot around key. Mm-hmm. And if he's not putting up these masterclasses, you know, sometimes he can, sometimes he can't. It's really hard because he he is a big player in a, a, you know, like a team aspect sort of thing. And he is a a really good player. He just needs to transform it into LAN. And he probably can eventually. It's just going to be hard for him, you know, because the way he plays is so aggressive. But I feel like if a team will watch five of these demos, they'll catch 10 things he does, you know. And it's just these little tells that, catch him away sometimes and I feel like he just needs to get the habit of changing stuff like that and he'll be really good to go but I feel like I said I think it's I think he's got a lot of a lot on his shoulder in that team
0: I will just say, the reason why I love this as the point from Maui stick is because Maui was one of the people hyping this team at the major. <laughs> and the reason why, I even though, look, like everyone, the last few majors has been a nightmare for those coins because the Swiss systems are so insanely variable. It's incredibly, very hard. So like it's not like I'm going to claim I got the other results right in the Swiss. But I, one of the reasons I had this team, I think I had this as like a, uh, to be fair, I had it at the breach of my zero three 3 but I had them as one of the teams that was going to do badly in the Swiss system. Is it fair play, i will say it either way. is because, <laughs> mate, when I went back and looked the real reason people were hyped is because one online player like Monty fair enough they were doing some shit but then it's also that RMR but bro if you ever go look at the RMR I looked at that and I was like this is like fucking smoke and mirrors like the reason they did well at the RMR is because Hades had a 1.31 rating and got 0.81 kills per round right those are simple numbers in his prime like that was never going to continue before Hades is the known quantity we just watched him in end skies. like he's a good average Like he's, a, he's either a t- an average tier 1 upper or occasionally a above average, that's it, that's all he is, he's not some simple like, superstar talent and that's the difference, the joke is if he was the unknown quantity then maybe he's like a rising talent, maybe he's the next Boros or something, but he isn't like we already know that one and then as you say the rest of them, a bunch of them just aren't as good on land, it's not here, I mean they maybe they're too young in their careers, too inexperienced like Cypher says and also I will say the one angle I did actually get the why some people hyped up nine is at least they're not just like five players just doing whatever like Monty, like they actually do sometimes play real CS, like. Like they actually have a game plan. That's why I ask, see why you did the angle of, like, maybe the coach called online, because they did look in some of the online games like, like they at least, like, meta-wise knew what to do in some of the rounds that like, might have made them have, like, upset potential. But the real problem is, like I say, to me, the actual, like, player strength, and I do think that is an important factor, I don't think it ever could have lasted at these lands. Like, people are expecting too much. They're just expecting to. Because like you say, aside from the Hades, like wh- like, where's the player here? Here's what you need to do if you want it to be a real underdog. Who's the player here that in two years from now is on like a top five team? There's no one. There's no one. <laughs> Come on. It's not any here. There's no one, is there? That's how it is. Right, let's do it then. My last, the last point of the whole show... This is actually, it's going to end on sort of a high. It's just, this is why it's good as an ugly point. I'm actually just putting it as an ugly that Axile only got to arrive and play the one playoff match because the reason I purposely picked that as ugly, not good, not bad, is because it still was fine. They got to the playoffs. They got through those matches. They got they, It was a great game when he arrived, but they, it was actually really, well, it was like this close to being a really great game. If they won that second map on overtime, the place, the fucking roof would have come off the place. around themselves might have believed they could win. Everything. So the reason why I pick it as ugly is because we only got to see two maps of him. But the rest of what we saw, and especially how they played with Buster, actually suggested that all of this hype that we all have—it isn't just on paper that they look insane. Like, there's some real potential with these squads. So that's why I say it's my ugly because I just wish I could have seen the whole tournament with Axle. Like, I think I'd be really interested in prospect. Like, what if he'd actually had the chance to fully warm up through the whole event, play a bunch of other teams, and then they get to like a semis or other quarters? Because actually, I, I am, I am hyped
1: about this team. I am hyped. they look like yeah. they could be really interesting. I mean, this team could potentially create an era, no? Like, it's got one of the best offers, best rifles, best IGLs, everything you can ask for, no? It's literally, they it, it, it could create an era, like, so to speak. It is. On oh, the ceiling's to crazy, speak. yeah. Exactly. Like, any of those players, like Shira, do you remember that game on Vertigo where he went like 40 to something? Like, it was, it was crazy. It's like anyone can pop off and can just carry a game. And I think that team is just amazing. They, they were just, like I said, they have the potential to create an era.
2: It, yeah it would have been it would have been nice to see Axle the whole time i kind of what i was doing for like my own mental gymnastics was just thinking okay how did cloud nine do in this game imagine if it's just buster or Axile there for buster which to me is generally over the course of a series you're adding like 14 more kills sure. and so for example the uh some of the series that were a little bit dicier like the um like the fanatic one, for example, like if, if that were just if that were just Axile versus they probably not
0: out outright, yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's that's kind of how I was thinking about it. Cause yes. I mean, no, 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 like I'm not even throwing shade at Buster, but it's just like he probably didn't even know they said one, they didn't even practice with him. Yep. And two, if I'm Buster, I'm probably not playing that much Counter Strike because unless I know I have a tryout on the horizon, it's like, okay, I got benched. I'm just gonna take time off for a couple weeks and then just see and reevaluate things. So I don't even like, but but he was the worst player. In, in that series, he went like 59 ADR. Like if that's just axile, oh, they just clean. They're just gonna clean Fnatic up. Like they, like no doubt in my mind. So this this could have been a completely different tournament run actually, because that sent them to the uh, the lower bracket bracketed immediately. They they to me were a team that had potential to. I I don't know if I would have pinned them to like beat ends and heroic, but who knows? That could have actually secured them a semifinals berth and uh, like and we could be writing a completely different story for how cologne went down because if Axile, because Axile in the one series that they played against vitality, he was all right. He, I don't, I didn't think he was that good in the first map on the second map. He started to show some of that, what what I was used to with Axile, but you could tell like they just didn't seem to have that level of cohesion, which is probably just like, you know, you're, you're, you're just moving a guy in like even, even if they practice for weeks before with him, it is like, Match day, hey, we've been playing with one guy for five days before this. Like, it's, it's difficult to just bring that back, bring that mojo back. So yeah, it's a bit of a shame, but I'm still super high on this team. I still have it. I'll keep a pin in it that I think that this team is going to win an S tier event by the time the CS2 major uh, rolls around, including that event itself.
0: By the way, Cypher, obviously we will talk about the old lineup with the endofani in that, but did you ever used to scrim against the Cloud9 lineup? Have you ever done
1: it? Uh, I scrimmed against them a few times with, uh, like, Naphany and Inters on it. I've scrimmed right. against them a few times, and I've... Because I've heard they're their... mega in
0: scrims. I've heard they're, like, demons online.
1: Yeah, they are. They're like, they like, they, they practice every scrim to win. Right. So, like, it's not even to just practice to to prac sometimes. It's to literally to win the game. And you can tell by the way they play. It's proper CS every time. It's crazy, you know? And they're, they're super drilled. And I haven't played the, the new C9 roster. And you can tell, like the cohesion is lacking, but they're still really good. They're insane, still, you know. It is really and it's exactly the same, but they still practice to win every time. And I mm-hmm. think that's what like Groove does as a coach. He like he he says these fundamentals into the team, into everyone. That no matter what, you're just playing to win. And it's really nice, to see, I think.
0: By the way, before the end, we should just ask you a few questions, and then we'll wrap the show on that. Because one thing I do want to ask you is this: is are you one of these people? Like, should we actually treat the major like it was your audition? Are you actually going to be that good? Are you going to do all that shit in your new team? Is that who you are? Do you really believe it?
1: Uh, I mean, I would hope so, right? Like, I think my place style is not going to change. I'm still going to be taking all these ridiculous fights and everything. I mean, a so fact, that if I can keep these stats up in the numbers that I did do, but then, yeah, I would hope so, you know? I, I'm not My, my place style isn't going to change. I'm not going to change. So, as long as I keep playing how I am, I think, yeah, then, yeah. Okay, uh,
2: I have a question. I guess about um, like the in-game leading. I talked to Thomas on the desk after one of your guys' matches about like the style because he was saying that uh, you can't play like tier one teams when you're not using tier one players. And it felt like when he said that that he means like you're not going to do slow defaults. You're not going to try to make some crazy smart mid round or anything like that. And uh, but with you guys, like like how short was your playbook? Like w- was it like was it just long enough to like get you through the major or what I mean to be honest we didn't we
1: we had strats pocket strats you know and we we had, had defaults but our playbook wasn't that big at all I think in a major we relied on individual strength and I think that's what everyone brought you know like uh, in ITB everyone bought like a uh, individual players like everyone like I said vault is incredible the best team has ever had crucial insane orper you know everyone is just insane and I feel like that's what that's what you need. Our play, like I said, our playbook wasn't that big. It was just how our individuals structured themselves so in that team where they could go for whatever they want. They had the full confidence and it, that obviously helps, you know? Because one mm. thing I would ask is like a last question for me about that particular run
0: is... This is why I thought it was a bit unfair when a lot of the analysts tried to make it sound like your team and pe- people like the Game of Legion were just actually just better overall teams. They were, you know what, you had a good run here. They were just better teams than some of the top teams. It's because like, to me, the Vitality series is the best example. I don't even talk, aside from Zimu playing a bit whack on CT side, I don't really actually blame Vitality for how hard that match looked, Cypher, because some of the stuff you guys were doing, like nobody in tier one just blight like with no utility, just fucking wide swings into a site of Vertigo the fucking A ramp. Like, that's how you get completely torn up if you're at tier one. Like, in a way, the way you played was like, it was ma- mega gamble style, and you just got lucky. It hit, right? It just hit a bunch of yeah. times. Like, I don't blame if I tell you that. It's not, like, it's not like you guys reinvented Counter Strike, is it? You actually played, like, he said with the Thomasang. It was kind of like you, you you played a high variant style to see if you could just gamble and get the kills, right?
1: Yeah, exactly. It's just a risky style. And I think that's what you have to do against a team who's yes. fundamentally better than you, you know? Like, yeah. Uh, I think that's just exactly how you play and I mean, I'm going to say now, we should have won the Vertigo. Yeah, yeah. I I I put my hands up to it, like in many interviews or whatever, I, I, I tumbled that Vertigo on the CT side. But like like I said, I think that's how you're meant to play against a team, yes. like fatality phase G2, like just yes. play with full confidence.
0: Yeah, by the way, shout out to Thomas. I not only thought, is he right on that, but to say it in an interview he's absolutely right. Like, you'd actually be a fool in that scenario to try and play, like, your fucking 2018 Astralis versus a team of, like, you think how skilled their team is. You just get destroyed. I think it's yeah. quite, if someone's, especially if someone's coming and they don't think they're, like, a favourite for the tournament, I think it's a great way to play. As a one-off approach to get, try and get lucky, it worked.
1: Yeah, exactly. I mean, and it favoured all of our players. I'm sorry, it favours favors mine and everything. It favours, like like, Vaults to do these lurks and clutches and stuff like this. It favors everyone's. So. Oh, yeah, by the way, let's do fun. that
0: then. As a last point, since obviously he did actually get, if people don't know, to join a pretty good team now. Obviously, the other player who had a, a good performance at the Major particularly was Vault, and he's yeah. someone who obviously he, he's in, like, uh, he went to the fucking Gamer Legion team, right?
1: Yeah, I I mean, like, I'm not going to lie, Vault is my favorite team I've, I've played with. He's insane. Okay. I, can, he, I think he's a is a high chance to make it to one it's not just how good he is individually but his game sense and how hard working he does like he will while you're playing the prac he'll put these notes in and they send it to the whole team after it you know and then it was with these demos and stuff like that he, he's insane like vol is really good and deserves all success fair enough i
2: uh, i have one one more quick question then with you guys were so like high skill skill dependent at the major what were your hours past two weeks like when you were uh were you grinding for that?
1: I mean, I'm pretty sure the majority had around 100. Yeah, like 100, Fair play. 90. That's good. But I mean, pretty, like some people on the team, obviously they play better with high hours. Some play better when they're just chilling, right? So I think me and I think a few others had like 100, 90, and then some had like 40, 50, you know, mm. and then doing what they just wanted to do, et cetera. I think it just, I, can't, I think it depends on the people. But yeah, that's, that's what our hours were.